The Big Rab Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice with bands such as Simon Fraser University, Inverarian District, and many, many more playing G1 products. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, another week has rolled round, and the bagpiping world just keeps on churning out news stories, which gives me tons to talk about. So this week's podcast, again, will be another packed podcast, as I put my pop shield to the test. Uh, Packed podcast with a pop shield, there you go, yeah. <laughs> Loads of people really enjoying last week's podcast, by the way. So thank you, everyone who tuned in last week, and we got tons of messages and stuff. So thank you, everyone, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, this week's podcast, as you may guess by the title already, is we're talking about your favorite bagpiping or pipe band recording. Your favorite recording. Uh, we're going to get into all of that. So, yeah, this week's topic of the week is a good one. A, yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, so quite a good suggestion <clears throat> for topic of the week. And if you would like to suggest a possible topic of the week, you can do. You can mail us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Come, there you go. Email us in. Let us know your thoughts on the show. If you have a particular question or that, we do hope to have a bit of a question and answer episode coming up shortly. Actually, uh, before the holidays and that. Uh, so yeah, we do want to answer all of your questions. So get your questions, your commentary, all of that sort of stuff. If you have any strong opinions on some of the stuff that we've been talking about throughout this past year, then definitely get in contact with us. Especially your voicemails. We love getting voicemails, but we've had a bit of a drought on the voicemail front. Uh, So all you have to do, they're very easy put together, to be honest. Just use a voice recorder on your cell phone or whatever and just mail it in to us. BigRabShow at gmail.com and we will happily play out your little voice clip and, uh, yeah, hopefully answer your question here on the podcast. So if you'd like to be a part of the show, then there's your chance. There you go. All right, let's get into the domestic, shall we? With each and every podcast, we welcome more people to what we do. So this is why sometimes we do feel as if we're repeating ourselves. But believe it or not, each episode, there are new listeners. So welcome. If this is your first Big Grab show, then yeah, welcome along. We've been doing this for quite a while now. So as you might discover, we've got quite a big back catalogue uh, of topics and all sorts of things that you can go and check out. Some very special episodes where we've done the Rab Show live. We've done it live twice now already, which is ridiculous. Still can't believe we've done two live shows. Plus, we've done specialist episodes on big topic areas such as judging, uh, bass drumming, uh, all sorts of incredible episodes. So, yeah. Quite a big back catalogue, well worth checking out, so go and have a listen back. There's tons of great content up there. So, also, if you would like to help support the show, you can. Go and check us out on Patreon, where Patreon's been really active at the moment. We've been chucking a lot of extra Patreon-exclusive stuff stuff up on there, and uh, including an episode that dropped this past week of Big Rab Show Plus. 
Hmm. Yeah, episodes of Rab Show Plus are available exclusive to exclusively to Patreon subscribers. So if you'd like to help support the show, then go and consider clicking support. And for five dollars a month, you can get your mitts on tons of extra stuff, including backstage videos, exclusive interviews. Also, we have episodes of the Rab Show podcast that were never released anywhere else. An episode called The Bedroom Episode, which apparently is very popular with our Patreon crowd. A lot of people seem to really enjoy that one. So, um, <clears throat> by way of a teaser, it's quite juicy. Yeah, and kind of close to the knuckles. So, perhaps that's the reason it's there for Patreon-only subs. So, <laughs> go and have a listen to it. If you would like to help support us, you can. Uh, plus, episodes of Rab Show Plus and tons of other exclusive stuff only for Patreon supporters. So become part of the Patreon faithful, click support and be part of the awesome people who support the show. So yeah, every click really does mean the world. Also, don't forget you can check us out on thebigrabshow.com forward slash shop and grab your merch. Now you guys have been doing that in your droves at the moment and i do feel like a bit of a clothing distributor (laughs) rather than a podcaster loads of rab show merch has been flying out the door because as we know we're rolling into the holiday season and of course everyone will want a rab show hoodie under the christmas tree uh (laughs) i don't know but it seems to be the case i'm kind of joking but honestly that's the truth There's, there's so much merch heading out the door at the moment it's incredible so thank you everyone who's been purchasing stuff hoodies seem to be flying out there, the flavour of the month this week. Uh, but before that, it was the tiles and the three-quarter length zip is also very popular with the red collar and everything. Mmm, very, very, yeah, I love that top, actually. It's really, really nice. So, yeah, a lot of Rab Show merch flying out the doors, and you can go and pick them all up there, of course, on thebigrabshow.com forward slash shop. And, of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber as well, you also get money off. Mmm, yeah, so that's another thing to consider. Uh, so, yeah. Also, we have promotions with the Piper's Dojo, and that's available on the website as well. I'm not going to sit and read through the whole thing, because you guys know the score by now. But you can go to thebigrabshow.com forward slash dojo and take advantage of our promotion there. If you are considering signing up with the Piper's Dojo, then why not use our promotion, first of all? Yeah. And go and check it out. BigRabShow.com forward slash dojo. Also, check out Rhythm Monster. They've got quite an exciting lineup of stuff on there, including their new product called Pad Lab. Definitely worth, worth checking out. And if you want to sign up with them, don't forget to use our promotion code BigRabMonster for money off whenever you're at the checkout. You get 10% off your sign-up fee. So there you go. Just for listening to the podcast. <clears throat> now... Last week's podcast, we were talking all about apps and gadgets and things. And you guys were emailing in tons of suggestions for other applications and things that we should check out. Now, most of them, I have to say, most of them were for metronomes. Now, each and every metronome essentially all do the same job. So each metronome that you guys have suggested, including the Piper's metronome that we mentioned on the podcast last week, a lot of you guys seem to use that and, yeah, have varying different degrees of success. Some people love it. Some people kind of, it's not for me. So with metronomes, we did encourage you on the podcast last week to shop around. There are those that have... Uh, you know advertisements all the way through them and stuff so you could be listening to a click track and then suddenly go and download angry birds you know in the middle of your practice session it's very off-putting so yeah 
be wary again whenever shopping around for free applications and stuff so you can get the odd lemon in there which is worth nothing uh, but there are some proper decent good applications out there for pipers and drummers and a lot of you guys were emailing in suggestions and such so perhaps we may revisit this topic area again whenever it comes to apps and gadgets and things like that that us in the piping world can use to our advantage now <clears throat> We are also giving away two copies of the B-flat bagpipe tuner. Now, we managed to chat to Matt Fraser on last week's podcast, and we talked all about his incredible app and who uses it, and basically the success story that is the B-flat tuner. So, yeah, we're giving away two copies of this bad boy, and the giveaway is still running at the moment. So, on next week's podcast, we will announce the winner of that giveaway. So, we're giving away two free copies of this. So, be you an Android user or an Apple user, an iOS user, <clears throat> yeah, we've got you covered because it's available on both platforms. So, if you would like a free copy of this app, then why not enter our competition to get yourself a copy of it? And what do you need to do to win, you may ask? Well, you need to email us your answer to the following question. At Big Rab Show Live at Pipe and Live 2019, who was the first act to hit the stage? Very simple question if you're a fan of the podcast, but also if you're not and you're new to the Rab Show, then all you have to do is download that episode. Go and check it out and see who hit the stage first. Pretty simple. So... <clears throat> If you'd like to be included in our prize draw, then enter that competition, give us the correct answer, along with your name, of course, and you'll be included to the draw. And yeah, who knows, you could win yourself a free app just by listening to a podcast. So email your answer to bigrabshow at gmail.com. That's where it all happens, folks. Bigrabshow at gmail.com. Come, there you go. All right, that's by way of the domestics now. Our B flat tuner app giveaway is still running. We will have a couple more giveaways running into the mouth of Christmas. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to the Rab Show. You've a chance to get more free stuff. Couldn't beat free stuff, eh? Class. Right, let's get into the thick of it, shall we? Now, kicking things off with the piping news this week. We've done a very quick Facebook live stream on our Facebook page this week uh, talking about. AGMs, Annual General Meetings, and we spoke about it on last week's podcast and the real importance of attending these meetings, and I don't mean to kick a dead horse, but I really need to remind you again of the importance of these meetings. If anything, in 2019, these meetings are possibly some of the most important AGM meetings in the association's history. Now, I don't take that lightly, because... Of the sheer, you know, controversy and everything that was happening around the redevelopment of the headquarters in Washington Street from RSPBA. We spoke all about that in a previous podcast. But, yeah, everyone throughout this past season have been emailing us on the Rab Show, have been messaging us on social media, complaining about various different things about the competitive season. Either complaining about the venue, complaining about how the organization of the whole thing is ran there's not enough port there's too many port i don't have much choice when it comes to food and you know various different complaints about you know events and all the rest also complaints even down to the very things such as map tunes and how they're selected and how the music board operates as well as the usual complaints about judging Ugh, that old chestnut uh, but yeah tons of stuff that should be decided and discussed at AGMs. Now, first of all, they're discussed at branch level. 
And that's what we're rolling into now in the month of November. We're running into the branch meetings. But then all of the suggestions from these branch meetings all go to the big one, which is the headquarters AGM in March. So why are these meetings so important, Rob? Why are you banging on about it again? Well, the reason why I'm banging on about it is because in recent years, the branch meetings have been very poorly attended, especially here in Northern Ireland. The RSPBA Northern Ireland branch meeting has been incredibly poorly attended. Very few bands were represented at the last meeting. So whenever people are contacting us with numerous complaints about wanting change, but yet you don't go to the AGM to affect change, that's where decisions are made. You know what I mean? Um, So if you have questions about how money is allocated and spent and all of that sort of stuff, and if you have concerns about how competitions are run and how they're organized and do you think they could be done better, you know, all those suggestions and stuff that come through to us on The Rab Show when we can't really do anything about it, you really need to go to the AGM where the people who have the power to change things, that's where decisions are made. The bands, people affect change. This is our organization and effect. So for us to affect change, we need to go to our AGMs. That's where decisions are made. And that's how we can change and hopefully improve our piping scene. So folks, by way of another gentle reminder, you need to attend your branch annual general meeting wherever that may be. So there you go. So Lothian and Border Branch, just looking here, Lothian and Border Branch is coming up on Sunday. Yep, depending on when you're listening to this, of course. That's going to be on Sunday at 3pm in the Bells Quarry Hall. The Northern Ireland Branch meeting is next Saturday, the 30th of November. Again, that's to be held at 2pm in the Trinity Methodist Halls in Lisburn. And the Glasgow West of Scotland Branch is Sunday, 8th of December, and that's at 11am in Corby Ha. And Mul- Mulgai, I think. I Yeah, Colby Hall and Mulgai. So, for more details, I'm not just going to sit here and read off the list, of course. Hashtag lists. But you need to go to your RSPBA website. Of course, the headquarters website has all of the branch meetings listed. Go pick out who your branch is and make sure that your band rep is going to the meeting. So he can represent your band's best interests at that meeting. Raise your concerns with your band rep. If you aren't happy with... Live streaming, for example, if you want the RSPBA to embrace live streaming or if you want them to pull the plug on live streaming altogether, then let your thoughts be known. Tell your band rep, hey, see live streaming? I don't like it. I don't want it to happen. I don't want the Rab Show team there with their cameras and such. Tell them to clear off and uh, I want a rule passed at the AGM blocking them from filming. You could do that, but also you could do the opposite. You could tell them, hey, we love the Rab Show's live streaming and such, and we think it's a really positive thing for the piping world, and we believe you should allow them to come to every event. So everything is up for discussion. If you think there should be uh, a beer tent at every event, regardless of where it is, that's where it's done. Also, if you think the port situation could be improved, we need more port then, yeah, you know, or if you think you need more stuff for the kiddos, you know, like bouncy castles and stuff and face painting and all of that at different events, then that's where these things are decided. So, from want of sounding like a broken record, this is where decisions are made, folks, and you really need to attend these meetings. I can't stress it enough. Because 
we hear a lot of suggestions for change and a lot of complaints about about how things are ran throughout the, the competitive season. And we ourselves in the Rab Show can't do anything about it. So why not aim your suggestions, your comments, your, you know, criticisms and all of that sort of stuff and bring it to your AGMs where the powers that be will have to have answers. So there you go. I'll leave it in your hands and I will be here on the other side of these AGMs to report the outcome. If there are any decisions and stuff that will be winging their way to the big branch or the big artist PBA AGM in March. Uh, so yeah, I'll certainly be reporting on it. It'll be very interesting to see what the fallout is and to see what happens both at a local level but also at an international level as well when it comes to our major championships and such. Will we see any change coming? Don't know. But the way to have that is to go and attend the AGM in the first place. Affect change. Be the change that you want to see. There you go. Sorry for the preaching. I get off my soapbox now and time to get into actual piping news. Shout out to Colburn Pipe Band who are holding a little bit of fundraising. Saturday the 30th of November they are holding an annual Christmas fair. Uh, going to be held in the Victoria Hall, of course, there in sunny Colburn. Uh, so the the band themselves are going to be holding a bit of a, a parade through the village and stuff with Santa Claus. You can bring the kids along to see Santa, have your photo took and all. There'll be stalls, there'll be home baking, there'll be Christmas gifts, a tombola and a raffle, enjoy cups of tea, mulled wine... So you can come along and help support your local pipe band. So all funds from this event are all going to Colburn Pipe Band. So why not go along and help them celebrate? 30th of November in the Victoria Hall there in Colburn. Definitely worth checking out. Go and help support them. Another band here running a craft fair, a bit of a Christmassy thing, is Tully Lagan. Tully Lagan Pipe Band are holding a craft fair. This will be on Saturday. The let me see, is this the fourteenth? Yeah, fourteenth of December. I can just about read this. My terrible eyesight. Fourteenth uh, of December, two thousand nineteen, in the Derry Lorne Parish Hall in Loy Street in Cookstown. That's from half ten in the morning till half four in the afternoon. And you can yeah go along, help support the band, and enjoy you know tons of raffle prizes, refreshments, and all of that sort of stuff. Along with all handcraft products available for sale. Go along, help support the band, and uh, yeah. Every penny goes towards their incoming season, so why not? There you go. Tons of bands currently in fundraising mode at the moment, and uh, loads of bands actually in Christmas mode. Shout out to New Ross and District Pipe Band who were there, uh, yeah, helping pipe on the Christmas lights in sunny New Ross. Now, looking at them there, they're all dressed in uh, their normal band uniform, but they all look absolutely freezing absolutely freezing they're all wearing santa hats and everything but the weather looks really miserable so shout out to you guys at new ross <laughs> putting on a show for the people and uh yeah doing a spot of fundraising as well for the band shout out to you guys well done now i have to give a particular shout for an event that dropped this past week and kind of dropped under the weight radar uh, the balmoral classic now if you are interested you can go and look at some of the videoed performances that are available now up there on the rab show facebook page uh, the balmoral school of piping and drumming ran this and they run it every year the balmoral classic so i have to give a congratulations to kaylee johnstone yeah who won the overall piping congratulations to kaylee and if you are interested in seeing her run it's simply incredible Whew. yeah well well saying that she won so well done kelly so also uh the overall snare drum champion went to nicholas moore as well so shout out to nicholas 
Well done, man. And again, all of these performances are all up there. You can either check out the Rab Show Facebook page where we have shared them out, or indeed you can check out Balmoral School of Piping and Drumming where they have uploaded them. So there you go. All right. Another shout out on this week's podcast to Rhythm Monster. Now, why am I giving Rhythm Monster two mentions on the podcast? Well, they have launched something quite special on their website that's really worth checking out. They have released a five-episode series entitled Boghall and Bathgate, Making the Grade. Now, this series is incredibly interesting, and I have I've yet to check it out. I've seen all the various trailers and such. I am a member of the site myself, so I will have to go and binge watch this whole thing. Now, this, it's entitled Season 1. Now, this tells me that there's going to be more. So, it's filmed in like a documentary style, and it features, obviously... The drum corps has Stevie McQuillan there, has Gordon Brown and Co. and Tom as well. So it features, I'll run through the episode list here very quickly. Episode 1 features the Juvenile A drum corps. So that's an episode dedicated to them. Number 2 episode is Drum Sergeant Gordon Brown hanging out with him, asking him questions and such. Great to pick his brains. Also episode 3 would be progression through the system. Now that one will be incredibly interesting. Because as we know, People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate have a great progression system run all the way through the juvenile grades until you get all the way through to the senior band at grade one and we yeah one such success story is uh care mcquillan he played for the first time in grade one this year and he's still a young fella so quickly rose through the ranks there so that's going to be interesting also there's a dedicated episode uh episode four entitled the tenor core so that's a focus on obviously all the tenor work that bog hall do and then obviously in the fifth episode wrapping up the season uh there for that people's forward thing is the basics now wouldn't it be great to see a grade one band walk you through the basics for drumming so what's not to love go and check it out rhythm-monster.com Go and check it out. This full season of a documentary entitled Making the Grade uh, featuring Boghall and Bathgate. Definitely going to be worth checking out. I've seen all the trailers and stuff. And there are tons of little clips and things that Rhythm Monster have released on their social media. If you haven't seen what I'm talking about, go and check it out. Even if you're not a drumming fan and you're an avid piper, this could be something that you would still learn a lot from. You know, on how drum scores are put together, how drummers approach the piping world in general plus you get a chance to hang out with gordon brown for a full episode what's not to love about that so yeah go and check out rhythm monster definitely worth checking out i think in my opinion so well worth it anyway i want to give a shout out then locally again to tully lagan now they are doing a christmas fair a craft fair and everything to do in the spot of fundraising but this weekend friday the 22nd of november tully lagan development band will be playing at the christmas lights switch on in cookstown yay now this is all sorts of exciting because they're all the little kiddos all the little kids who have been learning with tully lagan over this last while they'll be there playing at the christmas lights switch on playing jingle bells and good king wenceslas and all tunes like that so it'd be great to see all the kids and stuff playing on the pipes for the first time in front of an audience so good luck to you guys at tully lagan hope it's going to be a good night there in cookstown and if anything i want to put it out there if any other band or piper out there are playing at events such as this as the switch on of the town's christmas lights then get in contact with us. We'd love to hear where you're playing and would certainly plug it for you. You know, let people know where you will be appearing uh, so people can go and check you out. Yeah, so there you go. Speaking of gigs and such, I'll just kind of sprinkle this one in here. Uh, Ten by the Ben Festival has, yeah, 
<laughs> made its announcement for its lineup this year. Now, people go, what? What is this? Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th of April 2020 in Fort William in Scotland. Ten by the Ben is a huge kind of folk and Celtic festival that's been running out for quite a while. I think this is actually its 10th year. Uh, so, yeah, headliner has been announced already, which is Man Ran. Now, if you don't know who Man Ran are, I don't know where you've been. Man Ran are kind of giants in the Celtic music scene. Definitely worth checking out. Also, supporting them will be Scary Vore. Come on, they're worth the price of admission themselves. You also have Dougie McLean in there, Donnie Monroe, Fluke. You have Bray Brack in there and the Glenfinnan Kelly band as well as Kerr Gibson. Man, that lineup's insane. So at the minute, tickets go on sale November the 22nd. And uh, you're, yeah, for a weekend ticket for this festival, 65 quid. And to be honest, that is cheap at twice the price. So if you do fancy going along to this incredible festival, like I said, it runs Friday 10th to Saturday 11th of April. Go and grab tickets now. For full details, of course, you can go and check it out on their website and everything. Plus, you can go and have a look at manran.co.uk for details. I think they're actually... I think they're selling the tickets as well. And I might have to look into that. Don't quote me. Uh, but 10 by the Band Festival, quite an interesting lineup. You know, Manran, Scary Vord, some of the bands like Fluke in there. Braybrack, I'm a massive Braybrack fan. So that itself would be an incredible event. Uh, it's just a shame I can't go. Ugh, I would love to, though. Anyway, flying on, Modern Piping. Now, you guys know mdpiping.com. They have volumes and volumes and volumes of all of their Modern Piping collection of tunes. Well, Volume 15 is now here. Volume 15, can you believe that? It seems like only yesterday I was announcing Volume 1. So, Volume 15, 15 of Modern Piping has been released, and it features South African Piper from The Jocks Pipe Band. And he's also a tutor for St. Benedict's. Of course, I'm talking about Malcolm Chadwick. So, if you want to read all about Malcolm and his piping journey, and of course, check out some of his own compositions, then well worth checking out mdpiping.com. Now, volume 15, like I say, is the latest version, and you know the latest volume that's been released. But there are tons of other previous volumes that are well worth checking out. So, a shameless plug for mdpiping.com, but I know a lot of you guys out there could be looking for possible Christmas gifts, and that's definitely one of them. You can subscribe to MD Piping, and as each uh, you know volume gets released, you get it sent to you in the mail. And uh, some of these compositions really are from the spearhead of the modern piping scene. Some tunes, you know, just melt your face, as I say. The incredible stuff on there. You've had tunes from, of course, from Lincoln Hilton. You've got Ross Ainsley's on there. Ali Hutton. You've got... Ah, ah, come on. I'm going to start naming names. Then people get offended because I missed them out. Yeah. Modern Piping. MDPiping.com. Go and check it out. Go and subscribe. Trust me, you're not going to regret it. Okay. I want to give a special shout to uh, Stephen Shedden and Tyler Fry who were over there at an event in the United States called PASIC. Now, I know about PASIC because I'm a drummer and, and, you know, I'm a drum kit player. Now, PASIC is the Percussive Arts Society. I don't know what the IC stands for. Um, But PASIC is like a huge, big gathering of percussion and drumming artists from around the world. And they all hang out and basically show off their new products and such. So, of course, the British Drum Company were there. And, um... Yeah, Stephen Shedden and Tyler Fry were there showcasing the Axial line for British Drum Co. Now, from PASIC, from my own experience from PASIC over the years, from being a drummer, 
predominantly it is pretty much wall-to-wall DCI drumming. Now, for those of you in the drumming scene, you know what I'm talking about. It's all that American marching band sort of stuff. It's very robotic, it's all very rudiment-driven, and it's all... Yeah, it just it sounds, to me, it's a completely different style. And uh, yeah, it's normally, every year, dominated by the DCI. But this year, it all changed. The British Drum Company created quite a stir by introducing two pipe band guys into the stage. And um, there was some live streamed footage of this with Stephen Shedden hitting the stage along with Tyler Fry playing the drum salute. Now, (laughs) to say that the DCI guys, their mouth hit the floor whenever Stephen and Tyler started doing their thing, it was simply brilliant. And, you know, regardless of your opinion of the British Drum Co. and their axial line, whether you love it, you hate it, or whatever, I think as being representatives of the pipe band drumming community, this was absolutely epic. To put pipe band drumming on such a world stage like that, and to play in such incredible... They played incredibly well, so shout out to Stephen, your real incredible run, mate. Um, yeah, they were showcasing the British Drumco axial line. Yes, that's fine. But they were also showcasing the bagpiping world. Because the amount of DCI drummers then who were hanging out with the guys afterwards. Oh, wow, how'd you play that? What is that? Tons of people were incredibly interested as a result in pipe band snare drumming. And tenor drumming as well. Because, of course, they've never seen... A tenor drummer such as Tyler Fry flourishing like crazy. And they're like, what is going on? Why is he flailing his arms around like this? It looks brilliant. So as you can imagine, Stephen and the guys hanging out with a bunch of DCI players. And they kind of really showcased a different style of snare drumming and tenor drumming that really weren't used to. So I have to give them a particular shout out on this week's podcast. You really did represent the piping and drumming community uh, with great pride. And you guys, you know... Flew the flag for pipe banders the world over. And uh, yeah, really impressed the DCI and the kit players and the you know the percussionists and stuff. And the triangle players. Shout out to the triangle players. Yeah, because believe it or not, they had a whole section in basic triangle players. <clears throat> I'll let that sit there. So yeah, shout out to you guys both and to the British Drum Company as well. Making that trip over to PASIC and representing for us in the piping world Simply incredible. Thank you very much for doing that. And it's just great to see pipe band snare drumming on a world stage such as that. So fantastic stuff. Awesome. Can you tell I was a little bit of a fan? I was dead chuffed whenever I heard this. Anyway, for full video information and stuff, you can go and check it out. It's all up there now on the Rab Show Facebook page. We've shared out the video performances. And uh, you can tell. You can actually audibly hear mouths hitting the floor. Oh, my God. I think you heard some guy saying that. It's very, very cool. Anyway. I have to give a particular congratulations. Yes, there's a congratulations due uh, to senior band snare drummer Callum Edwards, who's been appointed the drum sergeant of the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland's senior band. Now, congratulations, Callum. So Callum is part of the project for the past five years or so. He's been with the band, and during that time, he's been drum sergeant of the development band. So he's helping inspire tons of young people, but now he's stepping up to the senior band, 
and he's you know he's been part of concerts and all this stuff but but now he's stepping up to the senior band and taking over the leadership role as drum sergeant so congratulations now for those of us who know Callum well enough you also know he's a drummer snare drummer with the Red Hot Chili Pipers he's also a former snare drummer with the Glasgow Polis Pipe Band so Callum really does know his stuff and yeah disappointment uh, for drum sergeant of the senior band is a huge move for Callum so congratulations mate and uh, yeah wish you well on your new appointment very excited to hear what you have to bring to the guys at the National Youth Pipe Band happy days now also another competition for solo pipers was this past week and it was the George Sheriff Invitational now I'm not going to sit and read through off the list of winners and such but you can go and check some of the uh, recorded performances are up there now on YouTube and different things. Of course, they're on the Rab Show page, as always. But um, the overall winner of the George Sheriff Invitational event went to Colin Johnson. Second was Alistair Bevan. Third was Tyler uh, Dresems. And third was Liam Melville. And fifth was Kevin Darmandy, I think it is. Yeah, sorry, Kevin, if I pronounced your name wrong. So congratulations to Colin Johnston. I think you were more than a little chuffed about lifting this competition, so congratulations, mate. And I think overall the standard was incredibly high, and it did read kind of like a who's who of the bagpiping world. Uh, So, yeah, what an incredible event, and congratulations to Colin Johnston. Now, us here in Northern Ireland, we've been kind of spoiled with piping action this last while because this past week was, of course, the William Kennedy Piping Festival. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of it. I was incredibly busy and just I didn't get any spare time to go and hang out at this. Now, it kind of, again, had the who's who from the Celtic and the trad music scene for bagpipers. We had the likes of Mike Katz, John Mulhern, Lorne McDougall. Uh, we also had Ross Ainsley, who was hanging out with a bunch of people. We had, uh, come on, Callum McCrimmon. Tons of people from the trad scene were just hanging out in bars around Armagh City and just playing trad music until the wee hours. Now, there are tons of videos of this online. Loads of people had their phones with them and managed to video tons of little clips. Now, the clips that you'll see are of these guys in a bar with pints in front of them playing tunes for the love of it. And that's what I take from these. Some of the performances are not pristine. They're not polished. They're not perfect. But they're not supposed to be. Is the point. They're playing for the sheer love of the music. So if you do see some video footage from people playing in bars at the William Kennedy Piping Festival. Uh, don't be a typical piping fan and say. Mm, I think that uh, your bottom hand's a bit flat there. You might need to move the tip there. Uh, stop it. We're playing for fun. Okay. <laughs> we're not you know looking for complete tonal clarity here we're just looking to see can you thump your foot on the floor and have a good time and that's what the william kennedy pipe festival is all about i think this year has been nothing short of a roaring success talking to the organizers themselves they said that this event continues to get bigger and bigger each and every year uh, so the celtic scene and trad scene here in northern ireland is in a very healthy place with a lot of international artists flying in for this festival each year so just unfortunately how it fell for me this past week i couldn't actually get to it so it was all sorts of gutted uh but the event itself run for the entire week and i yeah i don't know perhaps next year i'll do my best to try and get to some of the events at the william kennedy piping festival and uh so yeah apologies listeners i got nothing from it but i do hope to get next year (laughs) oh rob you suck i know i know 
Uh, but yeah, who knows? I might get to the event next year. Uh, so yeah, if there is any particular highlights and stuff from the William Kennedy Piping Festival that you'd love to point out to us, then definitely send them our direction. Email them to us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And we will certainly love to highlight them on the show and we will play them out. Oh, cool. What am I saying? Okay, yes. <laughs> See what happens when I'm reading my script live on air and I skip to the next paragraph. Uh, right. A date for your calendar that you need to write down. Friday the 28th of February 2020. Alright, now why are you writing this in your calendar? Why am I writing this down, Rob? Well, in the Discover Ulster Scott Centre in sunny Belfast, we have quite a special event coming up. It's entitled, An Evening with Stuart and Rory. Now, why is this special? Who's Stuart and Rory? Well, if I tell you that it's an evening with Stuart Little and Rory Grossart, now you're interested, huh? Yeah, of course, pipe major Stuart Little, of course, of the current world champions in Ferrari and multiple award-winning solo player extraordinaire, Mr. Little, is coming over to Northern Ireland to, yeah, basically hang out and spend time with a bunch of pipers and drummers and just fans of piping in general. Also, Rory Grossart, of course, he's a reed maker from, with MG Drone Reads. And they mix chander reads as well, small pipe reads and all of that sort of stuff. So you're interested in setting up small pipes and stuff, Rory could be the guy to chat to. He's also a successful solo player and member of Inverary at the moment. So why not go and grab tickets for this? Now, like we said, you need tickets because numbers are limited to this. Now, we're expecting this to sell out really quickly. Uh, so due to demand... Go to eventbrite.co.uk, grab tickets for this. Now, the tickets are free. You don't have to pay anything um, because the whole thing's funded. The Ulster Scots Agency and the Arts Council in Northern Ireland have funded the entire event. Uh, but you will need to get tickets because numbers are limited. You can't just open the door and the place just get bung to the straps and no one can move. They're all packed in like sardines. So, if you fancy hanging out with Stuart Little and Rory Grossart for an evening, learning all about setup and read selection and possibly a few tunes along the way, then, yeah, go to eventbrite.co.uk, grab tickets for this now, and save the date on your calendar. 28th of February, 2020. This event is going to be really, extremely popular, and we can only say it'll sell out very quickly. So you're being warned now, in November, the event's in February. Go and grab tickets for it now, when you still can. Now, shout out very quickly to the Royal Borough of Stirling Pipe Band, who are recruiting pipers. Apparently they've announced that they have an exciting opportunity with spaces in both their Grade 2 band and their Grade 4A pipe band for the 2020 season. If you are interested, then the band want to hear from you. Now, you have to have experience now, mind you. Uh, so they're not taking on beginners. They're looking people with experience to be able to step into the Grade 2 role or indeed that of 4A for the Royal Borough of Stirling. If you are interested, contact them via their social media. Their practices are Monday and Thursday, 7 o'clock to 9 in St. Modens High School. And so, yeah, for more information, go contact the band direct. They are interested in hearing from you to help fill out the ranks. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the piping news this week. It's been tons to get through. So, thank you, everyone. Uh, by way of a shameless plug, though, I have to give a special mention to Black Friday that's coming up. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, is it yeah Thanksgiving next week I'm, I don't know if I'm right or wrong I don't see I don't know we don't have Thanksgiving here in the UK but um yeah Thanksgiving next week so that means Black Friday is just after that and tons of online retailers have all sorts of promotions at the moment running into Black Friday now 
as I'm aware, Harris Kilts will have all sorts of special online discounts and stuff. So definitely going to be worth checking out their website on the 29th of November, especially if you're in the market for some kilts or some Highland dress or kilt pins, anything at all. Definitely going to be worth checking out Harris Kilts and also a shameless plug for Lone Star Piper because I do know, I have it on good authority, he will also have some good Black Friday deals coming up on his own website as well. So definitely go and check out Lone Star Piper because uh, if you are in the market for some piping or drumming equipment, there's no better place. And especially if you're going to get it at a discounted rate on a special Black Friday deal, then why not go and check it out? So, again, another shameless plug for Harris Kilts and also for Lone Star Piper. Uh, these two people, it's simply incredible. And, uh, yes, yeah, kind of your one-stop shop for all of your bagpiping needs for both of those companies. Fantastic stuff. Anyway... Okay, I think you've all waited long enough, and I have slabbered long enough. If you do have a particular suggestion, you can email us, biggrabshow at gmail.com. Yeah, all right, I think it's that time of the week again. (laughs) It's time for me to go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. The Horace Kilt Company. 150 Sandy Row, Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles, enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row, Belfast Check them out. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you with a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com Check them out Hello, this is Scott Wood And you're listening to The Big Rab Show Ah, yes indeed Time for Topic of the Week And that was a very welcome cup of tea I have to say Uh, Well deserved Right, let's get right into the thick of it Without any more delay Yes, we've been talking about this on our social media. We've been talking about it on Fuse FM. We are talking about your favorite pipe band recording or piping recording in general. Now, that's, yeah, let's do this kind of the right way, I believe. I think once I've opened this can of worms, I've come to very quickly believe that this is a huge topic area that would kind of you know, warrant its own specialist episode, if you want. Um, Because 
There are so many epic suggestions that we could nearly spend an entire podcast talking about this. So this week, what we're going to do on the podcast is we're going to introduce the topic and then we're going to open it up to you guys to email us in your suggestions, okay? Because throughout this past week or so, since we announced it on social media on our Facebook page, you guys have been sending in suggestions as to what your favorite pipe band recording is of all time. And we have got quite... A plethora of examples of what your favorite recordings are. But what we want from you guys specifically is the reasons why it is your favorite recording. So we've got tons of emails in the big rap show at gmail.com, and one of which is uh, one here from Kevin. Kevin Nickerson and sees, uh, let me see, he says, Rab, all time favorite pipe band CD is Simon Fraser, The Silver Anniversary Tribute. Not bad, but no reason given. Thank you, Kevin. Another one uh, comes from Sue and Jack Cox. He says, uh, Vicky Police Master Blaster is still awesome. That didgeridoo was dope. Yes, I would have to agree with you. Also, another one from Donna Hawkins. Is emailed in, Hi, Rab, 78th Frasers, live in Ireland, changed the piping world forever. And again, no reason. Although another one uh, coming in from Kenneth Tate. It said, 78th Flame of Wrath album and video. There you go. So, uh, right, there's tons of suggestions. And we're getting them in, in their droves. Everyone out there has their own particular favorite recording of pipe bands or piping in general. Uh, But again, no particular reason behind it. Now, this is possibly what we want to explore in our specialist episode whenever we're talking about these recordings. Yes, these albums that you guys are all quoting are kind of must-haves in any pipe band collection. Or, yeah, if you're an enthusiast at all of the music, you really should have a copy of these or at least have heard about them or heard them, you know, at all. So... Yeah, I'm going to go through some of this list, Uh, maybe not so much the reasons on this week's podcast, but we would like to explore this in a future episode, your reasons why these particular recordings, these albums, these stamps in time, if you will, why they are your own particular favorite pipe band recording. Now, the reasons can which can vary between, you know, perhaps it was a space and time where you were in a good place or something and this recording was released, I don't know, on your wedding day or something. I don't know, maybe something memorable happened at that moment. Um, but yeah, the reasons behind why these recordings are your favorite are what, we int- what we're really interested in. Uh, so yeah, perhaps, I don't know, we didn't put out the question quite worded the right way, but you guys give us quite a list of stuff. So you know me, I love lists. Hashtag lists. Uh, so yeah. What are the must-haves for any self-respecting pipe band enthusiast? Well, I've got quite a list of my own, and I have a top five. Now, this top five kind of took me quite a while to put together. Now, the reason why it took so long is because I have quite a big collection of pipe band recordings, as I'm sure you guys know. Um, But, yeah, I struggled to narrow them down to just five, because... I wanted to put them into different categories as well. So this will help you guys whenever you're talking about your favorite recordings. I wanted to narrow it down in certain categories. The first category being, of course, pipe bands. Yes, the bagpipe bands that we're all so fond of are, yeah, number one on the 
category list. So we have pipe bands. We also have solo pipers. Now, that's an entire category in itself. We have an incredible plethora of insanely talented uh, solo musicians in the bagpiping world. They cannot be overlooked. So, yes, solo piping. And also, number three on the category list is uh, from the Celtic music or the folk music scene. Because there is so much amazing music over there on that side of the piping world that, that cannot be ignored. So, three different categories. And on this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about my favourite pipe band recordings. And that will hopefully open the door. And then, when we start presenting our specialist episodes on um, yeah, on your favourite pipe band recordings, then we can bring your stories and why they mean so much to you. So, yes, by way of an introduction, that's what we're doing. On this week's podcast, we're going to explore my favourite five recordings. And we'll also look at the list that you guys have provided as well. And uh, I think they marry up quite well, to be honest. A lot of my picks here are also reflected by you guys. And there are some glaring kind of, you know, yeah, omissions in this that I've really struggled over, but let's get to it. All right, number five on my list. I have a top five, but starting at number five, I have Paul Kemet Ground and, yeah, and their Celtic Roots album back from 1986. This one was kind of a mainstay in my house whenever <laughs> it first dropped. Remember back in the days of LPs and cassettes? Well, the cassette of Polkemic Ground was just on constant rotation in my house. It was played in the house on the house hi-fi. Do you remember those when you had like a big system and stuff that you had to actually sit down, plug everything in and get it all working? Put the tape in the machine and all of that. And then also in the car, the tape was in the tape deck as well. And if you were very lucky, you had it on LP, you had it on you know the vinyl and you were able to select your track then instead of having to fast forward and rewind all the time. So, yeah, Polkemet Grounds, their recording entitled The Celtic Roots, it is the quintessential recording, I think, from a real stamp in time. These guys were the 1986 World Drum Corps champions. Uh, so, yeah, whenever you read the list of who was part of that drum corps, it reads like a who's who. Of course, their lead tipper at the time was Jim Kilpatrick. And pipe major at the time of Polkemic Ground was the legendary Rab Matheson. So a lot of these guys went on to compete with other bands and still have incredibly successful careers in the bagpiping world. And did it all start with Paul Kemet? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not, you know, up on all of my pipe band trivia and history. But this really is a stamp in time. Paul Kemet ground, and their recording from 1986 entitled The Celtic Roots, had to make my, make my top five list because of so many reasons. Uh, I don't know. I think, if anything, this was the first time myself living in the UK... Uh, six years old whenever this thing dropped and it was the first time I actually heard Breton piping on a, on an album. Before you would normally get, you know, your usual 4434, Scotland the Brave, da 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 da, all that sort of stuff, a medley and MSR, Strasbay, a reel, a hornpipe and that's you done, that's your album. Great, thank you very much, go home. This was the first time they actually had a Breton dance set in here. And, yeah, it was on side one of the LP. Remember, you had to flip the side over. But, yeah, the Breton dance set, I was fascinated with that. And then, of course, the first track on side two was a bunch of Irish airs and reels, which at the time was kind of ahead of its time because a lot of Scottish pipe bands were not playing Irish tunes. So to be able to hear them played 
on Highland Pipes with drum scores and everything. Really interesting music, and if anything, definitely ahead of their time back then in 1986. Uh, a groundbreaking recording, I would nearly you know hazard to guess. So, yeah, that's one of my favourite ones. If you aren't familiar with it, any of these recordings that I mentioned, by the way, if you aren't familiar with any of them, stick them into Google or Amazon or wherever it is that you get your music. Go and check out these recordings. And uh, I think some of them are available on Spotify. I think a lot of them are available on streaming services. You're definitely going to want worth to check these out. Anyway, the next on my list then, hashtag lists, has to be the Victoria Police. Now, I did struggle with this. (laughs) A lot of you guys had so many great suggestions, as we just mentioned there earlier. Victoria Police and Master Blasters has to be one of their biggest hits, I suppose. Master Blasters is an iconic album, of course, with that didgeridoo, like we did mention. That recording, that whole album is, it's the theme tune to my my childhood. But that's not the one that I've picked. It's not my favourite Victoria Police recording. Victoria Police released quite a number of recordings throughout their tenure as they're, you know, when they were in the top flight in grade one. And, uh, yeah, there was Live in the Rockies, there was Master Blasters, of course. My favourite one, and this might shock a lot of people, was their live in concert in Ireland one. Now, I remember this. I think they recorded it in Balamina, uh, famously. I think it was Balamina. Um, so, I don't know. This could be stuff that Rab got wrong. But honestly, this is my favourite Victoria Police recording. Now, of course, this holds my favourite version of uh, the Hellbound Train, which Victoria Police were kind of famous for, their version of Hellbound Train, but also... Highland Cathedral. If you haven't heard Victoria Police's Highland Cathedral from that album, live in concert in Ireland, you're missing a trick. You really need to go and hear that version. Everyone knows Highland Cathedral. We've heard it now until we're near blue in the face. It's one of those tunes that we're just sick of listening to. But trust me, you haven't heard the best version of it yet until you've heard Victoria Police play it on that live in concert album in Ireland. So, That's definitely worth checking out. Now, there's tons of other tunes on there performed by the Victoria Police, along with some medley performances, even an MSR that was on there. Some real stellar stuff. And uh, I have to stress, possibly my favourite Victoria Police album. Now, a lot of people will probably disagree with me and start shouting and yelling at me. So, oh no, what are you talking about? Master Blasters was awesome. And yes, it was awesome. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I just really had to narrow it down to just one choice for Vicky Place. So, yeah, I don't know. I can just see you all throwing your podcast player at the wall right now. Uh, but yeah, that's my own choice. Hey, you guys can argue otherwise. Master Blasters was awesome. And I know a lot of people loved it. And a lot of people loved Live in the Rockies as well. That was an incredible recording. But for me, my own personal choice... Has to be live in concert in Ireland. There you go. On to my next pick then is Field Marshall's debut. Yes, the first time Field Marshall Montgomery actually committed themselves to an actual CD or a recording uh, back in the early 90s. They're their debut. Now, that one is simply iconic for a lot of reasons. Now, was it groundbreaking? Mm, I don't think so. At that time, it wasn't really seen as a hugely iconic and groundbreaking recording from the Field Marshal. But for me, it was certainly a you know a line in the sand. 
Back then, whenever it was first released, I was about 11, 12 years old, perhaps, and really into piping. Like, I was insanely nerdy about the whole thing. And when that recording dropped, I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. And get my hands on it, I did. And now, of course, this was in, like, early 90s, and Walkmans were a thing. And I didn't have a Walkman. All I had was a like a proper radio that ran on big D batteries. Remember the big D batteries, the big thick boys? So yeah, I had a proper like radio get a blaster type thing with a, a cassette tech cassette deck in it. And the only thing that made it portable is uh you had to put D batteries in it. Like I think it took three batteries. Something like that. It's weird that I remember this. But um I remember this was my memory of Field Marshall's debut. I remember getting the cassette for Field Marshal debut and the very first track, the introduction track from that album, I just loved it. And the drum score always gave me goosebumps. And I remember putting the cassette into my Get A Blaster, taking my Get A Blaster out of the house and going for a walk. And literally, I live in the middle of nowhere. I live out in the sticks. There's no one near me. And I went for a walk on my own, just me, and my radio, and I hit play on that bad boy, and I was blasting Field Marshal as loud as I could on my own. And, yeah, in the middle of a country road surrounded with fields and cows and just me and a bunch of Field Marshal. And it was just one of those memories that really stuck with me because I was thinking, what am I doing? It's the middle of the summer. I'm on my summer holidays from school, and here I am walking just aimlessly listening to Field Marshal and getting that... You know that goosebumpy thing on your, you know, the back of your arms, you get the goose pimples and you get, you know, the hairs in your back of your neck kind of stand up. And you're like, yeah, that's, a, oh, listen to that set, man. That real goosebump stuff. That's what I experienced with Field Marshal. I was listening to this just, you know, in a way, in a world of my own, just swimming with music. And that album was the first time, you know, I really felt a rush of adrenaline from listening to a pipe band recording. Before, I always kind of analysed it as a proper piping fan would. You know, oh, did I hear an early chanter there? Ah, maybe their drones are going a bit flat there, but a bad blowing perhaps, and oh, the drummers are a bit pushing there. But I didn't do any of that with Field Marshal. That was the first real recording of a pipe band that I kind of just enjoyed it for what it was. And Field Marshal on debut wasn't just straight pipe band playing as well. They had, you know, some traditional musicians playing with them as well and accompanying various different concert pieces, which at the time, again, would have been seen as, seen as very progressive. And that opened my eyes to a lot of music, especially in the trad scene here in uh, Northern Ireland and Ireland in general. Because a lot of those musicians came from the trad scene. So Field Marshal pulled them in for that Field Marshal deb- debut recording. And that kind of opened my ears to a lot of new music. And yeah, you know, because I really enjoyed it and thought, wow, you know, I, I'm not analysing this for tuning. And I'm not looking at it from, a, you know, the intricacies and make sure everything bar by bar is on the note. You know what I mean? That's just it was played well and it was played with heart. And I just really enjoyed it. So that's my lasting memory. That's why Field Marshal debut is on there. Now, a lot of you guys suggested a lot of other ones of the Field Marshal recordings. And there are quite a lot of them. I have sung the praises of their last release, Impact, which was simply brilliant. Double album, of course, and it was... Yeah, both CDs that come in that are simply epic. Sometimes it's a struggle to pick which one you want to listen to. Also, yeah... Unplugged. Field Marshal Unplugged, 
you know, for me, it was kind of chalk and cheese. There were certain parts on there and Unplugged that I really loved and thought, wow, that's incredible. But there was also some sets on there I wasn't too keen on. I was thinking, oh, okay, that's a bit different, you know. But now whenever I listen to Unplugged, I'm thinking, what was I thinking before? Why did I not like this? Uh, Because clearly it was ahead of its time. Because if you listen to Unplugged now, there's some tracks on there from that Field Marshall album. Blow your head off. They're amazing. So, yeah. I don't know. Field Marshall, of course, had to be on my list. And, uh, yeah, I had to choose Debut as being my own particular pick. Because I have so many happy memories of, yeah, first listening to that album. And that whole experience of discovering a world of music. Thanks to the guys at Field Marshall. Alright, we're getting to the top two now. Uh, Number two has to be Bog Hall. Now, that will surprise a lot of people. People going, what? Bog Hall? Okay, yeah. Bog Hall inspired in Belfast has to be up there on my top two pipe band recordings of all time. Why, you may ask. A lot of you guys are going, what are you talking about, Rab, you lunatic? Now, Bog Hall, of course, have quite a lot of iconic pipe band recordings. I hear everyone shouting down their podcast recording, you know, What are you talking about, Rab? Yes, Bog Hall have quite an iconic collection of recordings, one of which being the Rubik's Cube. Now, a lot of people would obviously pick Bog Hall and Rubik's Cube, and if you haven't heard the Rubik's Cube recording yet, <laughs> I am opening your ears to a world of stuff there. Bog Hall's Rubik's Cube recording... Their album, uh, simply brilliant. Um, That's all I need to say about that. But I want to tell you the story about why I love Inspired in Belfast. I had just taken over the drum corps at the Quinn Memorial Pipe Band at the time. And I was a young lad. I was only like, what, 17, 18 perhaps at the time. And I had just taken over the corps and trying to work my way and build the band up from grade 4A all the way back up again to where we were in grade 2. So I had taken over, young fella, very little experience in actually doing any leadership. It was kind of a role. Uh, I was just kind of handed the job because I was there the longest kind of thing. So uh, yeah, by way of an explanation, that's where I was musically. I was currently in a bit of a panic and uh, thinking, oh my word, how am I going to write drum scores? Well, yes, Bog Hall inspired in Belfast happened. It was a concert ran, obviously, here in Belfast, and I managed to get tickets for it. And at the time, I was, as they would say, courting a girl (laughs) who is now my wife. And I decided, hey, why not introduce her to the bagpiping world? Here's this weird thing that I'm really into. Come on, let's go and check out Bog Hall. They're coming and playing in Belfast. So as you can imagine, trying to introduce my um, girlfriend at the time to pipe bands was kind of interesting because obviously she knew nothing about the piping scene and I'm like, hey, I got tickets to go and see Bog Hall. Isn't that amazing? And she, who, Bog, what, Bog Hall, what? Who's that? And she hadn't a clue. So we went to the Bog Hall concert and you can listen to the album and you'll actually hear me whistling and woo and whooping and you can hear me in the recording. It's very weird. Um, <laughs> you can hear a 18-year-old rap going, woo, yeah. Weird. Uh, So, yes, I am on the recording. Me shouting and yelling like an Egypt. But the recording itself is a timestamp for me. Because I have so many memories tied to that event. I remember being in the front row at that concert because I was so keen to get in through the door. I was that big of a fanboy that I thought this was such 
you know, an epic opportunity to me, for me to be able to, you know, experience some of the top musicians in grade one at the time. And yeah, just to drink it all in. And I sat there transfixed the entire time on the drum corps, the pipe corps, the whole band put on one heck of a show. Now, the live concert itself, all of it didn't actually make the recording, I might add. Mm. There was tracks recorded for the album that didn't actually actually make the final cut. So the album that you have in your hand now, Bog Hall Inspired in Belfast, was not the entire show. So there were some actual tracks on there performed by both the trad band that they brought over with them and their accompanying musicians, but also the band themselves that didn't make the final cut. And some of those actually were some of my particular favourites. Now, of course, me being the drummer, the drum salute had to be one of the particular highlights. But also, one of the tracks on there that really blew my mind had to be their iconic Call to the Gathering. Now, that gave me chills whenever I heard it in person performed right in front of me. Now, you can hear Pipe Major slapping his foot on the stage. and I was right next to him. I was standing right beside him as he was marking time. And uh, I could feel, you know, him marking time on the floor. You know, he was thumping it out. And uh, to be there, as it happened, I can't explain it. It was simply, you could hear a pin drop. It was magical. And I, that's one of the real kind of takeaways I took from it. You could honestly have heard a pin drop. Everyone was transfixed. And this tune... The crowd erupted. I honestly don't think the recording kind of gives it justice. Just how special a moment that was whenever Boghall played Call to the Gathering on that recording. So, yeah, do yourself a favour. If you haven't heard Boghall's Call to the Gathering yet, on from that album, Inspired in Belfast, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You really need to go and listen to it. That was a real timestamp for the guys at Boghall. They were doing incredibly well in the competitive season at that time. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, a line in the sand for me because, you know, I was kind of venturing out on my own journey as being in charge of the Quinn and all of that. And then, yeah, following that, I was really inspired, you know, inspired in Belfast. (laughs) Get it? So, yeah, after that, I found writing drum scores was actually quite easy because, I don't know, I really got a flavor for what the music was supposed to be and how it's supposed to feel. And it's that feeling that I really kind of took from that concert and realized that pipe bands are not just there playing dots on the page. And that's one thing that Boghall really kind of put across, is that these tunes can come with ebb and flow. They're not set with a metronome. Yeah, you can mark out a pace at the very start, you know, all right, quick, march. And, you know, you're not playing to click track here people it kind of ebbs and flows as you listen to this inspired and belfast album you'll notice that there are push and pull moments with the drum core and the pipe core and the two cores seem to float together and play these tunes with a feeling and a musicality that some bands don't really hit at the moment i've noticed that especially in 2019 a lot of bands can be incredibly clinical in their playing but just not quite as musical perhaps as some of the bands from back in the early recordings so yeah do yourself a favor it's possibly one of the most musical performances i like i argue but also one of the most inspirational for me as a player and a drummer and at that time a lead drummer 
um, that certainly came to me in my own life at a real positive time and gave me a real boost of adrenaline <laughs> when I needed it. At that time, with me taking over the drum corps, I was freaking out, to be honest, going, oh my word, how am I going to lead these drum corps of people and possibly win prizes? Uh, what am I doing? And then we went and seen that concert and then suddenly I got a shot in the arm and thought, you know what, I can try and play with, you know, with feeling like these guys, you know, so that's what it was. So that's why it's there. My number two, Bog Hall, inspired in Belfast. Go and check it out, even if it's only for the introduction track, because you get to hear the mighty Winston Pollock on there. Inspired in Belfast. I can't can't do his voice, but it's incredible. (laughs) So go and listen to it. Do yourself a favour. It is on my list for a real good reason. And uh, yeah, there's a bit of a story attached to that. Anyway. On number one on my list, hashtag lists of my favourite pipe band recordings and the reasons why, it has to be the 78th live in Ireland. Now I'm sure everyone's going, ah, predictable, predictable, I've already told you this, 78th live in Ireland is my favourite pipe band recording and for, yeah, good reason. Now, this is still the most successful pipe band recording of all time, it has sold out countless you know that's been selling and selling and and still sells today apparently copies of this in i'll you know on vinyl are selling for stupid amounts of money so if you have uh, a copy of the 70th live in ireland on vinyl if you have it on lp then keep a hold of it because that sucker is worth money especially if you have the double one you know the kind of one that folds out and everything and you have all the inner sleeve writing and stuff to all the deal do with the band and details and the tracks Ooh, that's going to be worth some money because, you know, copies of this are quite scarce. It's kind of difficult to get it on vinyl and if you manage to grab it anywhere then you're going to want to keep a hold of it because the value of it does appear to be going up uh, because of collectors, people like me. I have not got a copy of this on vinyl and I would love it. I do have it on cassette, however. And of course, it has all been converted over to MP3, so I can enjoy it on the move. Uh, but also, you can go and stream this, I think, on uh, Spotify. It's available on there. It has to be one of the most iconic pipe band recordings. And the reason it's number one on my list may not be for the same reason as everybody else. Yes, 78th Live in Ireland is simply iconic. The story behind the recording, we've covered this before, whenever we covered uh, the events, whenever Live in Ireland was revisited again, and they went and performed in Glasgow, and then we came here to Belfast and performed in Belfast. And do you remember the podcast when I asked Bob Worrell what his favourite cheese was? Yeah, I still shudder at that. So, yeah, that happened. (laughs) And it is simply... You know, it really did change the piping game. That email we got earlier that said that the 78th Live in Ireland, it did change the piping game. And it was so ahead of its time. And even when you listen to it now, that was recorded recorded back in 1987. And when you consider this is 2019, and the tunes and the drum scores and the unison and the musicality and everything still sounds as current if not kind of, you know, <laughs> it still sends sounds ahead of its time even now. Do you know what I mean? So again, if you haven't listened to this recording, I don't know what you're even doing listening to this podcast. You need to stop the podcast right now and go and listen to the 78th Live in Ireland, 87. It is, it is an experience. 
But why is it number one on my list? Well, what we're going to be looking at in future podcasts, you know, our future specialist episode about favourite pipe band recordings is your stories that are associated with these. You just heard my story about Boggle, my story about Field Marshall's debut, and various other recordings. My story about the 70th Live in Ireland is a very simple one. When I was a young lad, well, I was actually seven years old whenever this was released. And I used to go to primary school and in the evenings I went home to my grandmother's. Now, both my mum and dad were both working full time. So whenever wee Rab comes out of primary school, he had to go somewhere and he went to his granny's. Now, at his granny's, uh, she had a record player. And, uh, of course, there was a copy of 78th live in Ireland. Now, my auntie, my dad's sister, was a tenor drummer. And this made me very happy because she had a tenor drum in the house. And what I used to do, days and days and days and days after school, I used to pull that tenor drum out of the case. I used to grab a hold of two drumsticks. Didn't matter which two. Could have been tenor sticks, snare sticks, whatever. I would have sat for hours listening to that album and slapping away on that tenor drum. Now, I still stress it was slapping away on that tenor drum because I honestly had no clue what I was doing. All I knew is that I was drumming along to the performances on there, such as Mason's Apron, Journey to Sky. Come on, you guys all know the tracks on there. And so, yeah, I memorized that album from start to finish And I was playing what I thought was the drum scores or even the bass line for some tunes because I couldn't work out Reed Maxwell's scores. I just kind of tapped along to the accents and tried to play the bass drum part. So that really was my introduction to pipe band drumming. And there's no better kind of place to start, in my opinion. Just sitting in the house. Now, I had mates who were into music and stuff at that time. You know, seven, eight years old. Around that time, you know, rock bands such as Guns N' Roses and Metallica and all of that were kind of big on the music scene. You know, oh, man, would you hear this? Welcome to the jungle. And I'm like, would you hear this? Here's Mason's apron. (laughs) I was bringing the cassette into school and showing people, would you hear this? Journey to Sky. And my mates looked at me as if it was demented. And they're like, nah, what do you hear Enter Sandman? I said, nah, nah, mate, nah, nah. What do you hear this version of the gold ring? <laughs> yes, I was a strange kid. Uh, but, you know, I this honestly kind of lit the fire, if you know what I mean. This is where it all kind of began for me. Playing in my granny's front room, smacking a tenor drum along to the LP. Now, I always kind of got upset. Because as I had finished my homework, straight onto the tenor drum, and I would have been in the front room, as they say here in Northern Ireland, and uh, away from everyone, so I would have been in there with the tenor drum and a pair of sticks, and I would have been bitten away until I got picked up that afternoon. And I was always angry, because no matter what time of the afternoon or the evening I got picked up, so you know, my mother and my father would have finished work and they came to lift me to take me home. It would have been around five thirty, six PM and I would already been drumming for like an hour and a half, possibly even longer. But each time they come and come to pick me up, I was like, Come on! We're nearly finished the tune. Can you wait? Wait, hold on. I don't want to go home yet. I'm nearly finished this tune. 
and yeah, both my folks, I'm sure, thought I was crazy. <laughs> but I, I do have a very fond memory of all of that. You know, playing my auntie's red pearlescent uh, tenor drum. I think it was a premiere with the silver hardware and with the white coloured. Uh, I think it was a Parmax kind of head on it, drum head on it. I have very vivid memories, even of you know what the drum looked like and what it sounded like. And uh, it, yeah, it's amazing how you know you get real pictures in your head, and even just the memory of me sitting there in the front room with a drum in front of me, sitting on the carpet and just tapping away and just beating, you know, with tenor sticks or uh, you know just beating in time and just learning these rhythms and enjoying the music. And it's a memory that still stays with me now and still flavours everything I do in pipe bands. And it's one thing that has stuck with me all my life is those rhythms and that sheer love and joy of the music that that album brought me when I was a small kid, you know? Showing off to my mates, check out Mason's apron, where do you hear the crowd going nuts at the end of this, man? And they're all looking at me like I'm demented, you know? <laughs> People are listening to Vanilla Ice and stuff like that back in the, you know... What? Uh, so, as people were rocking out to Guns N' Roses, I was rocking out to 78. So, yeah, it's one of those lasting memories that really do, that kind of stick with me. And it's the reason why this is my favourite pipe band recording. Yes, it was groundbreaking. Yes, it was iconic. And yes, it is the best-selling pipe band recording of all time. And for good reason. But for me, it has a very personal memory attached to it. So every track on that album has particular memories for me. I do remember my grandmother coming in with, you know, sandwiches and cups of tea as I was sitting there smacking the life out of a tenor drum. Now, I'm sure my aunt, who was a tenor drummer in grade two, by the way, at that time, I'm sure she wasn't too happy with a small toddler bitten the crap out of her tenor drum each and every day, because whenever she had band practice, I'm sure that thing was bang out of tune. But hey, you know, it was what it was. <laughs> Don't discourage the child, he's enjoying himself. <laughs> so, yeah, very happy memories from that album. And of course, it had to be number one, top of the pie. Anyway, so there you go. I hope you get a bit of an idea of what I mean. I want to know the stories behind your favourite recordings. I don't just want a list of say, oh yeah, you have to listen to uh, Bog Hall Rubik's Cube or you have to listen to Victoria Police uh, Master Blaster. It's awesome. Yes, they are awesome. All of these recordings are. The ones that you're listening to me right now are brilliant and all for various different reasons. But I want to know the stories behind why these recordings mean so much to you. And that's in itself, I think, is definitely going to be worth its own specialist episode now we haven't even looked at solo piping come on that's a full topic area in itself there i'm sure we can get all sorts of amazing recordings in there for people to listen to as well as from the folk music and celtic music scene just ridiculous amount of choice on there i couldn't even you know i wouldn't even know where to start so i think the first area that we're going to delve into, I think we'll look at it properly, is pipe band recordings. I really want to know your stories behind why these some of these iconic recordings are your favourites. Email them in to us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Even if you want to send us a voicemail and tell us the story yourself, 
that would be brilliant, in fact. So then, yeah, we can hear it from your voice, your own turn of phrase, and we can bring it to our specialist episode, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, yes, there are some glaring uh, omissions from my list. Yes, Simon Fraser University have so many uh, iconic recordings, of course, Live Down Under recorded in the Sydney Opera House. That one is simply brilliant. The other one, that, what do you call it, is it Live in Carnegie Hall? That one's outstanding. So many brilliant recordings from Simon Fraser and any of them could have made my list. Also, the mighty St. Lawrence Tool and their 2010 recording. Wow! That one had to have been up there and again, it was another real timestamp for me. But again, I didn't really have a real personal story attached to it. I just remember it being released and thinking... Dang, that's amazing. Also, Tourist Kjol as well has been a recent line in the sand for St. Lawrence Atul. That album is simply amazing. And again, could possibly be the marker for the late 2010s. You know what I mean? 2019, 2018, where were you when Tourist Kjol dropped? That was a bombshell. So also, you have recordings from Shots and Dykehead, of course. So many amazing performances by them. Uh, One such one was released recently, Rise. That was kind of, you know, the last kind of foray, if you want, in the piping world for pipe major Ryan Canning at the time. So that is a timestamp in itself. Yeah, so, so many amazing recordings. And I didn't even talk talking about Scottish Power. I have so many amazing ones. The Vale of Athol. Oh, come on. So many amazing recordings from The Vale. And... Yeah, tons of other pipe bands out there have so many iconic recordings and I would love to hear your choices and the reasons why. Now, before we get out of this and um, yeah, to kind of give a big introduction to our full episode that we're going to be doing on this and your favourite recordings, I avoided the World Pipe Band Championship recordings. Now, these used to be churned out each and every year and used to be the mainstay of every pipe band fan in the world these things were recorded each and every year at the worlds and were released each and every year at the worlds and of course you had to buy the qualifying cd and then you had to buy the the final cd and sometimes there, i think there was one that was done the final msr the final medley all of that so of course you had like come christmas you had like three cds sitting under the christmas tree for you and you knew exactly what they were they were recordings from that year's worlds and then what happened on christmas afternoon yep the cds got tore open and yep that was your soundtrack for christmas then in the evening and all day boxing day and the day after boxing day you sat in your front room and analyzed the world's recordings because that's what someone bought you for christmas now the world championship recordings as you know are no longer being released too much controversy in the bagpiping world now this kind of coincided with the release of the world championship dvds which i'm still currently trying to get the full collection i think i have everything from 2009 onwards i think I need to double check. But yeah, I recently have been collecting all of the DVDs from the World Championships. Um, so And they've stopped those as well. So at the moment, we don't have any kind of recordings that we can actually go out and purchase from the World Championships. And then I think it's a major loss. So many amazing tunes and performances from bands at the Worlds. And they're all kind of stored online on the BBC. You can go back and watch them. That's fine. But you can't stick 
you know, a recording in your car. You you can't put a CD in. You can't, you know, take it with you in your portable music player. You can't sit and listen to Inverary's Invitation to the Dance or, you know, Boghull's Bog performance from this year's Worlds. Stuff like that. I really do miss the World Championship recordings. And that's one thing I'll put out before we say cheerio on this week's podcast. We didn't deliberately look at recordings of the Worlds for that very reason. Uh, so, yeah, if you have, you know, a preferred world's year, perhaps you have a happy memory of it or something that could be included on your list. So, guys, that's it for topic of the week this week. And, um, yeah, it is by way of an introduction. This is a huge, huge topic area. And we do hope that you guys will get involved. We will be producing a specialist episode based on all on your favourite pipe band recordings. So we're going to be tackling it in three different areas, like I said. Number one, pipe bands. Number two, solo bagpiping. And number three, the Celtic and folk music scene. We want you guys to get involved and tell us your favourite recordings and why. The reasons why is possibly the most important part of the story that we want to hear. So get your messages into us. BigGrabShow at gmail.com is our email that that's the best way to get in contact with us because your story will then get put in a particular file and that will go into our show prep for whenever we present the specialist episode so get your emails into us yeah each and every story and each and every voicemail will be gladly received and will hopefully inform our specialist episode coming up there you are so that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Again, thank you so much for downloading this week. And uh, apologies for the long episode. It's been quite a busy show. And I hope you've enjoyed this week's topic. And hopefully we'll revisit this yeah, with a specialist episode. Don't forget, you can help support the show if you would like to. You can head along to our Patreon page. Tons of extra stuff up there, including episodes of Rab Show Plus, which another episode dropped there this past week, like I just said. Yeah, plus tons of other exclusive stuff for five bucks a month. You can be safe in the knowledge that you're helping support what we do so we can continue doing what we're doing. But also, you'll get your hands on loads of extra stuff. Also, check out our promotions available on TheBigRabShow.com. Go and grab your Big Rab Show merch now when you can, as we're now in the mouth of the holidays. And, uh, yeah, to guarantee yourself delivery before the big day. Uh, so, yeah, with that in mind, we are out the door. We will see you here on The Big Rab Show podcast again next week. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you again. All the best. Well... That's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Reads, played by bands around the world, including our current world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com for all of your merch and to be kept up to date with all the news, views and chat throughout the week. Also, check us out on Patreon and become some of the Patreon faithful for loads of extra content for just $5 a month. Until next time, guys, thanks for checking out the Rab Show podcast, and we'll see you all next week. All the best. Exhibit C, the belt he's flossing is killed. Ten ought to do it, don't you think? You think we need one more? You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. Ah. Ah.
Hello everyone. Yeah, an episode of Rab Show plus Go Figure. This used to be a monthly thing and then it really took a backslide because things on the Rab Show got a little hectic since the last time we had a chance to chat to you guys. Now, I have to say, things here on Patreon have been busy uh, because we've been putting up a lot of real cool extra content for you guys and we've hoped that you've enjoyed it and stuff like this. But episodes of Rab Show Plus are also Patreon exclusive. So-